Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to It's Rainmaking Time. I'm Kim Greenhouse. I want to wish you all a happy new year. That is when this video is going to be published and available to you all. If you've watched It's Rainmaking Time, you know that we cover new and ancient knowledge and discovery, and we love exploration. And of course, when you love exploration and you track this, you have to be willing to learn things you didn't know before, things that you heavily believe in, you may find out are really different, the reality of it. And it takes real courage to embrace new knowledge. And sometimes that new knowledge is ancient knowledge that's been buried or suppressed or lost in time throughout different civilizations. The subject that we're going to talk about today and the guest that we've invited on is one of my favorite subjects and also one of my favorite guests who we've never had on the show before. We've done several shows on the subject of remote viewing, and I'll just translate, and then we're going to have him do the formal translation, the ability to identify any data, any information happening at any time in history, past, present, or future, through a protocol that's been taught, originally started at the Stanford Research Institute, and um, also over at Army Intelligence, and it's developed over the last 40 years. Um, there are different groups of people that do this work. Some call it psychic spying. Some call it seeing specific detail into the future using the subconscious in a trained protocol. And there's different factions of remote viewing. Some are trained in only something called controlled remote viewing, and others are trained in remote viewing, whatever it is. Whatever it is that brings through the data and information into accuracy, we're interested in. I'm always interested in that. The gentleman we've invited on the show is considered a master in the field, has been doing remote viewing for 27-plus years. He's had a long trajectory, believe it or not, in the news, in mainstream news. He's uh, been part of the news that even was around presidents uh, from Bush and Obama and uh, Reagan, senior and junior, uh, both senior and junior Bushes. He is uh, considered a journalist, but he's really a fine reporter. And um, he is one of the top remote viewers in the world. He is part of a group that he founded called the Future Forecasting Group, which is a team of remarkable remote viewers that work together to bring through what we need to know about the coming times, how to prepare our lives for these very, very difficult times and changes ahead. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome Dick Algar to It's Rainmaking Time. Thanks for being here. Kim, it's great to be with you. It's good to finally meet you, and I'm so happy to be here. This is going to be a really interesting discussion. <laughs> gonna, we're going to have fun. No, I know, I know. That's one of the things I love about you is that as good as you are, as great as you are in what you do, you're very lighthearted and you're fun. And it's very hard to find that that integration of lightheartedness, fun, with the gravity of what you actually do and are part of. It's phenomenal. You know what's, it's rare. What's, what's fun for me is I started doing uh, YouTube and got some notoriety on YouTube. And there are a lot of people that had only seen me doing my segments with Courtney Brown at Farsight. So that was phenomenal too. To me, their only exposure to me was me at a whiteboard where I'm being completely focused and I'm doing really 
heavy duty um, remote viewing on serious 9-11 Roswell, the JFK. And I'm I'm here in the midst of all this turmoil and, and a very serious person. So they saw me doing stuff on YouTube where I'm just being sarcastic and uh, <laughs> flippant, you know, and making jokes of things. And they said, wow, you're a pretty funny guy, Dick. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I can be lighthearted. I don't take myself too seriously, hopefully. I like some of I did some research about you. And one of the things I really appreciated from somebody who has a long lineage of teachers and mentors and coaches and people have helped me in different fields throughout my life. You talked about Professor M. Nefsmart. What is his name? Who helped you? M. Nefsmart? Yes. 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 Oh, man, that's going back to 19. I know. But he was an important part that trained you about integrity, honesty, not being biased, how to be in your earlier craft. And I see it in you now today. I remember him telling us, oh, and I was very young. I was like 18 at the time. In a journalism school, when he said, as a journalist, you have the honor, you have the privilege of witnessing something and being the eyes and ears of the general population. You have a duty to witness that and transcribe it and report it accurately without bias. And I always took that to heart when I was at a news story. I was seeing that for the general population. In my career, I did, I interviewed presidents, uh, governors, senators, congressmen, mayors, city council members. None of them ever knew my political bias. Well, I never had political bias. I thought they were all, (laughs) but I never, they never could have known how I voted. Because I never injected myself. And now I see journalists that are just um, pushing propaganda, pushing a company line. They're totally biased. And it's okay now. It's like, that's not okay. It's a tough time to be a journalist today. The, uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's even worse. And, and also, even in many of the online portals to be a journalist, too. I mean... I don't know. I really don't know how they would even compete if they don't do what they're told. They're gone. Gone. Yeah. You know, well, the the Internet has created a lot of great things, but also a lot of polarization. So it's a tough, tough time to be a journalist. Everybody can be a journalist these days. Back when I was on TV, there was no Zoom. There was no you couldn't do videos on your iPhone. Um, Only. To have a video camera, these things cost $40,000. The editing suite cost $150,000. You couldn't transmit it only over the uh, cable or, yeah, yeah television. Cable. So it was, it was limited. And to be part of that, to be an insider and be able to do that was, was something significant. Now everybody can do it. But it's a model that they've used. It used to be to own a TV station, you had to invest in all this equipment, pay all these people, go out and get advertisers. You had to have a building with um, the infrastructure, all the the whole infrastructure. 
now you can just give someone an eye a smartphone and they can be the content creator and google will find the advertisers for you so it's it spreads it out it decentralizes information kind of i think that you're right when you talk about it that way but, but I think the centralization still is in full force because of the yeah. uh, the so many well, years of algorithms. Somebody yeah. told me very early on how easy it is if you if you take a, an influencer, someone that has a YouTube channel, and somebody gets a hold of them and says, "Okay, hey, here's a let me give you a good story you might want to do, or here's an interview," and then the YouTuber puts that segment up and notices all of a sudden the algorithms make it go viral and they start making money off that, you can steer them in a direction by just gently applying pressure and giving them more views. And they will acquiesce to that. So it's very easy to do. And there are entities, there are people, there are organizations that this is done. Everything is controlled. It's phenomenal how much it is. I remember yep. years ago I was told, put all those interviews on uh, on YouTube and monetize. And yeah. I have to tell you, my instinct was do not be dependent on it. If you have, if you have a, a slogan like don't be evil and they're doing what they're doing with data – <laughs> uh, you know, I mean, I, I, everything in my instinct said, don't be dependent on them. And the algorithm algorithms, to all these years, they just gathered more and more data. They actually tricked the public. They tricked the common person who entrusted them, you know, everything yeah. would be changing the protocol. So we're in a different world. And well, Kim, here's some breaking yeah. news for you. Please. We just did a remote viewing project that, uh, as we're, Recording this conversation hasn't come out yet. It will come out with the new year. So it probably will come out about the time that uh, this is released. We did a remote viewing on Google in the future, oh like 2027. God. And what we saw is startling. I can't Give it away now, but that's a tease for uh, you can go see. Well, it. I think it's important. I actually think it's very, very important. And I'm very glad that you have a private membership group because. <laughs> well, the reason I mean, the reason for that is all information is controlled. And yeah. if you're putting something out in public. It uh, you have to be careful. So if you're in a private setting, it is allowed. It is I will tell you that I just finished just briefly an interview with Valentina Zarkova, who's a solar physicist and a mathematician of mm -hmm. galactic, no pun intended, galactic proportion. And I had done 26 shows on climate and weather, every facet of it. And I got a lot of flack for it in the last, you know, years ago before I went to live in yeah. Europe. And um, I was totally open. I covered every, every aspect you could think of, except the sun and i started to learn about solar cycles and all that anyway i did this hour and a half interview with her and it's kind of the verification that two to three hundred years of old tools to measure things were in a different realm and she got into the layers and the detail of what the grand solar minimum is what the grand solar maximum yep. is yep. and all of that and so and even 
just as an example, the fact that CO2, we all know, those in the know know that it's, it's the breath of life. But what it's turned into is something completely different. Well, she figured out what they did to make this thing about CO2 that has nothing to do with anything, but it's what yeah. the world is believing now. So I decided I'm done with this G-O-O-G-L-E and the Y-O-U-T-U-B-E. I put a four and a yeah. half minute trailer and that's it. And everything else is on a train making time. Yeah. Well, yeah, we I mean, but I think a private site is even better. We have a source at Future Forecasting who is a gentleman who can't be, his voice can't be on YouTube. We uh, we put it on as a promo uh, accidentally, and he, the algorithms caught it, and he was, some people got a hold of him and said, you know, you're on YouTube. He went, no, oh, and we had to take it right down. So we have a source that can only speak privately. Yeah, yeah, I totally thing. understand. Yeah. yeah. Totally understand. I want to go back to your dad was a photographer, correct? Wow. How do you, yeah, you know a lot about me. My dad. Well, I mean, I, I, famous, <laughs> I spent I, some time my about My dad you. had a picture in Life magazine. And my dad was a uh, public relations guy, worked for U.S. Steel. And he took a famous picture of a ship being, um, launched sideways into the Detroit River. I was probably six years old. He took us there in this ship and they, it was up on shore. They had constructed it and they, they uh, knocked out the supports and things slid into the water. Like my dad got this photograph that was put in life magazine. Famous. Picture. Wow. Wow. My dad that was a great predates guy. us. Like a, he was a musician. He played music. He was a great father. I mean, he just took the family sledding, Christmases, vacations. I grew up in the uh, Leave it to Beaver, Father Knows Best. Me too. You know, God help us all. <laughs> yeah. That that whole yeah. era of, uh, yeah. One and you had your back. Yeah. And you had your background as a young child taking still pictures, right? Still yep, photography. He, my father had uh, a Nikon camera, a Nikon, uh, you know, two old school cameras in a dark room in our basement, taught me how to use it, let me use his cameras. So I went out and took pictures. And uh, that's how I got into journalism, because I was in the uh, photographer for the school newspaper and the advisor to the school newspaper gave me hall passes that would let me cut class and be where I shouldn't be to take pictures. And so I thought, wow, this is great. Journalism is big fun. So that got me into journalism and I went to college, took a journalism course, got an internship at KUTV, the ABC, uh, NBC affiliate in Salt Lake City, Utah, and became a newscaster at 20 years old. Wow, I didn't know you grew up in Utah. I did. I, well, I was born in Detroit, moved there to Utah when I was 10, grew up and went to school in Utah and worked there for 74 to, you know, eight, 10 years. Then came to Hawaii in January. On business to Hawaii or love? Or what no, was it? Uh, I came or neither. <laughs> to get warm and I got off the plane <laughs> and I went, I'm home. I'm not leaving. And I went 
and I packed up and I thought, I'm going to try this. I'm young enough. If it works, it'll be great. If not, I'll just go back home. And I brought videotapes back when you used to have like three quarter inch yeah. cassettes. And I, I gave one to all the TV stations here and went to the beach, came back one day and one of the news directors had left a message, call Paul Udell at KITV. I went in and he hired me and here I am still in Hawaii. Yep. So you and Hawaii have a love, a love connection there. Yeah. Oh, it's a beautiful it's, place. Still a beautiful place. The uh, culture, the people, yeah. it is just wonderful. Not to mention the weather. It's also, a, I think it's a heart chakra of the earth. Very much so. Very yeah. much so. It's funny that you should say that because when I was in Europe and I went all to these different places, one of my favorite places was Italy. And somebody said, why? I said, it's the heart chakra of Europe. Yeah. I need to and, go to Italy. I've never been there. I want to just go oh, there and eat. They're eat the so food. sweet. They're, yeah. they're, they're wild. Uh, okay. Tell, just tell me one thing. I just want to ask about your mom. If your mom were alive today, what would she say about your work in remote viewing? I'm dying to know. She would think it was great. My, well, all moms are psychic. As you yeah. Know. My yeah. mom was particularly psychic. She used to, you know, like call me up and say, I had a feeling something happened to your dog. And I went, yeah, my dog just got fell out of the car. And so she, I think I got some ability from her. She would think it was great. My mom, uh, yeah, she passed away in 2001 before I, I was remote viewing then, but not as well, not as, not as good as I am. You were still so training, she, right? Were you yeah, still training? Still training. Yeah. 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 But okay, she, I, she, she totally believed in it, thought it was cool. Yeah, she likes it. What did your dad think? Was he alive to know what you were doing then? Yes, yes. He actually tested me one time, gave me a target, and I hit it. <laughs> and he was... He Probably was got scared at that point. <laughs> well, yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's fascinating. So, talk to talk to the talk to the audience from your translation what remote viewing is. From remote your experience. Viewing, remote viewing is a natural communication skill. It's something inherent in all, in all of us. It's a natural communication skill. The goal is to open a pathway, communication pathway between your primary awareness and your subconscious so that you can, on demand, have moments of non-local awareness. The way I describe it is the stock human being comes off the shelf with a subconscious awareness, uh, part of us that is in a greater field of consciousness. But we're not aware of that because we're here in these bodies having this three-dimensional um, experience. And our brain is like a, a filter that filters out this subconscious awareness. Throughout your whole life, most people are, um, your subconscious is trying to tap you on the shoulder and go, hey, hey, listen to me, listen to me, and you, you don't tune it in. The US military came up with a way to use these protocols, this methodology to quiet your conscious mind and turn your attention toward your subconscious awareness using a series of steps and protocols to form queries 
little questions and have that moment of non-local awareness and then let that bloom into a greater aperture, greater opening. The non-local awareness, can you describe that for the audience? So they have a reference point because, you, you know, you speak it from the inside of the, abil- of the ability, if you well, can translate Glenn, that. Yeah, my teacher Glenn describes it as, can you stand beside yourself? And can you, could I, while I'm talking to you, walk to the door behind me and open it? Um, it's like being two places at once. The, the way I describe it, it's like, um, if all information exists in a greater field, and we're right now focused on, right now, it's like watching a video on on YouTube. Think of all the videos that are there. And when you go to a specific video, you play it, and the timeline goes through it like this, you know, in a linear fashion. But you can go pick another video and go to a different spot on the timeline. And remote viewing allows your awareness to go be in a different place at a different time. It, so, it's hard so to first, explain. so you well that you can you can be here in your body, be alive, and at the same time send your awareness out, whether it is to the backside of the moon or to Mars yeah. or to the back of your car or in a drawer. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And still be here, but you you are you train how to send your awareness out yeah. and extract data from that location, sense, smell, feel, everything, correct? I did a target one time where I was sitting at this very desk. I had a red light on and white noise going. And I was working a target and I realized there was a room and the, in the room there was a safe hidden under a floor. And so I realized that and I'm sketching that and drawing it and I'm back and forth. And then I said, well, I need to know what's in the safe. And so I set my intent and closed my eyes and did a protocol. And I saw inside the safe, a gun, some coins and a ledger, a fake ledger. So yeah, you can, you can send your mind anywhere if you learn how to do it. The, the origin of this capability and this expertise originally was classified. Then it was unclassified. Yeah. Okay. And yet there are, there seems to be a growing number of people who are training, whether it's in Lynn Buchanan's group team or whether it's at future forecasting group and you're doing it differently. He does controlled what what he calls controlled remote viewing. You do yeah. remote viewing. But the thing I also love about what you're doing with your group, and I think it's going to really forward the whole field, is that by joining the group, you're uh, I get to see what works and what doesn't. I get to see whether you're accurate or not. You're willing to put yourself out there. It's not this mysterious oh. hidden thing. I love yeah. That you've put sunlight on it, it's it's more risky because you don't know your targets. Explain that part to the to the public that you don't necessarily you never know what you're going well, to be looking it, at. It has to be blind and preferably double blind because the signal is so faint. When you sit down at a okay, what we do is we uh, we generate random letters or numbers. So the target could be. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. 
or we use A1, B2, C3, D4. We have a random letter number generator generate that. Someone called a targeteer knows that if we're going to look at Google headquarters in 2007, you don't tell the viewer that because there's too much conscious mind interference. 2007 or 2027? 2027. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say, we're going back in time. I just yeah, want to make well, sure. That would be, that would be <laughs> interesting. You could do that too. You You'll be in it. a new film called Back to the Future. Okay, go yeah. ahead. So somebody, the targeteer, picks, assembles all the information about Google and looks at that and immerses their consciousness in that. And they write a target queue, like Google headquarters activity 2027. And then they generate a random set of like A1, B2, C3, D4. And they say that aloud. They say A1, B2, C3, D4 is Google headquarters in 2027. So it's they imprinted into the random numbers. They imprint that into it. Correct. They imprint it. We're just given the random numbers. And we say, here's your target, A1, B2, C3, D4. And then what that allows you to do is have what we call a null moment. When I address that target ID, and by the way, A1, B2, C3 is not a real target. That's just a, I've. It's just a reference of what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. so I sit down and I go, okay. And I look at that for one second and I have to be open to anything. And I go from there. So it allows the viewer to be, have no preconceptions. In remote viewing, as I understand it, and controlled remote viewing, how do you, how do you distinguish in what you and your team are doing the distinction between what you're pulling through and your own analytical overlay? In other words, your own um, uh, uh, biases, uh, just stuff uh, that ability to distinguish the data from your own stuff. How do you do that? How do you manage that? Practice, 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 practice hundreds of targets. You have to learn what I, what I maintain is that the protocol methodology, controlled remote viewing, HRV, G, any method it gives you the tools to learn how to remote view. That doesn't teach you how to remote view. It gives you the structure. The learning how to remote view is a result of addressing a target, <clears throat> getting data, and then getting feedback. And when you get that feedback, you realize what the good data felt like, like how your mind was working when you got that. In the method I was taught, which is HRVG formed by a U.S. Army Special Forces. We we never were afraid of AOLs. Like we never used the term analytical overlay. Our goal was to name the target. And if you saw the session I just did on Maria Orsic, I actually at one point wrote Maria. Uh, there was a point in the session where I knew it was a very psychic lady, and I. I, I watched the whole like, thing. It was remarkable. Remarkable. Yeah, it, was a, it was a pretty good session. Wow. Um, and you, you can see that on futureforecastinggroup.com. There's a, here's my plug. There's a free seven day trial. Go to futureforecastinggroup.com and see the Maria Orsic. So 
if you recall, there was a moment in there where I went, she's like Hitomi Akamatsu. She's like Lon I Bo, love her. a great psychic. Yeah. Um, and I thought, would they give me Hitomi as a target? And then I realized, no, this was in the past. This was old Europe. So, um, yeah, the wrestling with analytical overlay, your conscious mind is always trying to butt in and make. Um, Tell you what it is. Assumptions. Yeah, make assumptions. What you need to do is just learn how to set that aside. And it's I think it's only from experience. It's, I mean, I've done probably a thousand remote viewings. I mean, there's no way to me. I mean, there are psychically developed people with a lot of capability. I mean, in, in business for other people, I have a developed psychic ability. And, mm -hmm. uh, but I don't sell my business services like that. It just happens to be there. I would never, ever do that. But I'm not a remote viewer. Well, You know what I'm okay, saying? I'll, a, I've taken a, a class in remote viewing. I've taken a class in remote viewing. And I did pretty well in it. But as far as I know, I'm not a remote viewer. But I swear to God, you put me in a business meeting with people, I will zero in on stuff you will not believe. Like, I don't know where it comes yeah. from. Somebody upstairs flipped a switch. It's automatic. Yeah. Well, you're a woman. You're naturally psychic. Women have that. I think, yeah, but I think we're... I think, see, everybody yeah. does. Everybody yeah, does. I was just going to say everybody's, everybody well, is. It's just men are more tuned to, to turn it off. When someone approached you know? me almost seven years ago and said, you could remote view on a private site and people would pay. I was like, no, no, I, I'm not good enough. I, I'd be afraid if people were offering, like if, if somebody gave me $10,000 to do a target, oh man, what if I didn't do a good enough remote viewing, you know? And then, I remember when Daz and I were working with Courtney Brown and we were doing something called time cross. And that was, we were attempting to see major events before they happened. And what we were doing was this was remote viewers are real hesitant about being wrong. So Daz and I would do sessions and we would find a way to document them. We would publish them on YouTube, but make them private. And then when the events happened, like I did the Pulse nightclub shooting, and I, I had that big, amazing data before that happened. But Courtney had put that on um, YouTube. And then when it happened, we said, okay, it's a hit. And he made it public. And when he made it public, it dated it the day that he made it public. So people looked at it and said, well, you published this after the fact even though I had done it. That's the problem. That's the problem. Unless so, they're not part of a, a group, it's it's yeah. too hard. They so, don't know. So Courtney said, we've got to publish this in the clear ahead of time. And Daz and I both went, oh no, oh, we can't do that. And he talked us into it. And we, we said, okay, we're, this is going to be embarrassing and we might look really silly, but if it works, and then we Still courageous to do. It's still very courageous to do it because a lot now, of this work do, is cloaked. Every, yeah. To be given a blind target ID and I go on future forecasting every week and I'm still blind when we start the Zoom. Like here we are, we're recording to this week's target is, you know, B3Z2-L1Q7. Dick, what did you get? 
And it's like, well, I think it's a person, you know, and then they give us the feedback and you can see the remote viewers on our uh, broadcast. They give it to us and we're like, sometimes we're like, all right. And you can hear us clicking, like looking through our data and like trying to resolve it out. It's really interesting. It's fascinating to do that every week, say, okay, you're going to do a remote viewing and you're going to talk for 15 minutes about your target. Or like in the case of Maria Orsic, I knew I had, I, I felt like I was getting good target contact and I submitted my paper session and I said, I think I want to do a whiteboard on this. And all I was told was, yes, do a whiteboard. You know, when you talk about target contact, just tell the viewers what, what they, what you mean by that. I know what you mean by that, but I want people to know what you mean by that target contact. In my method, I, I uh, attempt to get sensory data. So I sit there and I write the target ID in my mind's eye. And then I close my eyes and I look for 1.5 seconds and I try to see something and I draw that. And usually it's just a black and white blur of a flash of an idea. And then I go through the methodology and I'm getting... I look for something and it might just be a right angle or something resembling a structure or a glowing human form or a landscape. And then I get sounds. So, you know, like a, a horse going, a horse's hoof going clip clop, smell of hay and manure. So you're building layers of sensory data. Sometimes when you're working a target, it just jumps out at you. It just comes unexpectedly. You're getting all these impressions. Other times you work a target and it's like getting a root canal. It's like. <laughs> Something uh, you don't want to get, by the way. Anything here. <laughs> I don't have target contact. Mm -hmm. So there, one extreme is you're totally off target and your imagination is running amok. And you're making something up and it feels so good because you know what the data is before you probe for it. You go, well, this is, and you've already got the idea. In a real remote viewing session, when you're really getting good data, it comes, it's unexpected. When you do the query or do the probe, it comes to you like old architecture. Wow, why did I think of that? You, you just put it down and move on. So I love your notes and drawings, by the way. You are good. And I love watching you on the whiteboards. I love those whiteboards. I know everything is typically, but you do both. You do the written I, and the whiteboards. Oh, my God, I love that. Kim, I should show you the outtakes that I have. <laughs> I was doing... I was doing the Roswell... No, was it Roswell or Area 50? One of those famous UFO cases for Courtney Brown. And I'm, I've got the whiteboard set up and I had an easel that wasn't very steady, you know, and I, because I'm tall, I'm six one, I have to, I put it up on yoga blocks to get it a little higher. So I've got this rickety easel and I'm, I'm just out there. I'm going, this is a facility where they're examining some craft, you know, and I'm, and I and I'm erasing it. I'm getting all excited, and the the whiteboard starts kind of teetering, <laughs> and I'm trying to maintain you Aww. know professionalism. And the thing is, it it tilts a little bit, 
and I'm I'm writing, and the thing it it collapsed, and I just went. Rah, rah, rah. I'm swearing and screaming and rah, I'm throwing stuff. One time I did one, and I I uh, I did a forty minute remote viewing. I had colored pens, and I drew this intricate stuff, and I broke it all down, and I'm all sweaty. It was hot, and I put the SD card in. And I'm looking at it, and it was I hadn't. It wasn't in focus. It was just a little out of focus. And so I I thought that was such a good remote viewing, you know, and it was so spontaneous. And then I looked at it, I go, we're going to put this out and people, it it just, it's not right. And I said, I got to redo it again. I got to remember all that. And so I, I set it up and did it again. I was exhausted by the end of that. But I'm yeah, sure. even, at the, even at the Maria Orsic one, there's, I'm at the beginning, like, I'm sitting there and I need to go into this state where I'm totally absorbed in it. And I'm, I've got to make sure the camera's focused. Is the microphone on, you know, is it, is everything recording? Is the light? Okay. There's a, just like I am now, God help us all. (laughs) Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's, it's a performance. Um, it, when it goes well, it's, it's, I like it that you're not, but but you're very much at the board, busy at work with what you're doing. That's what I like, you know, uh, and talking and communicating. I I, I don't know how well, you do it all, but that's, that's, my, that's really uh, cool. That's my TV background, uh, being used to being on camera. Mm-hmm. So the first few times I did a whiteboard at remote viewing, it I sh- I did a test one. Well, the first time, the first one I ever did, because uh, my teacher had had done a couple of spectacular ones. And I was just, I picked the target. I, I alone knew it. And I watched him stand there at the whiteboard and just completely nail it. And I was like, wow, wow, that's magic. I need to learn how to do that. So I secretly set up a whiteboard in the basement of the TV station and got a camera and, you know, I got, okay, I took a target ID and it was an abysmal failure. I didn't get any target <laughs> data. It just so then I did another one where I got it was good target. This one's on the internet. There was a missing girl that I did, and I, but I looked like I was really uncomfortable. I mean, you could you, you it just didn't look very good. I, so I've learned how to uh, put it all together, focus on the you, board, and then pretend the camera is a person and I'm just telling them. About exactly. Doing, so. That's the best way. Cause it kind of is, you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it tells us also that you're able to go back. Now, one of the, one of the important things is the ability to get feedback from the work that you do, but yeah. there are some things Dick that we're not going to get feedback in our lifetime. There are some things that will, the feedback will come after our lifetime, just like there's some things in the ancient past, we'll get like, let's take the Sphinx, for example. You know, the geologist out of Boston over 25 years ago noticed that the Sphinx represents a key water event in history that is being cloaked by the head of antiquities of the country. And that if we understood this water event, we may find out that the whole uh, the whole history we've been told is part of our history changes. It changes the date of when humanity came, yeah. all kinds of stuff. So 
you well, know, this, this is a really interesting question, and I can I can go about three directions with that. Any so way you want. Couple, Try door directions. one, two, and three. You can do. Okay. What brings to mind is Ingo Swan published a book many years ago where he made some predictions about was it the moon or Jupiter or something. There was there was some really far out data that Ingo Swan had. Was it in his through. book Penetration? Penetration was that it? Yeah. Um, Ingo Swan had some really far out data that NASA later confirmed, like decades later. It's very important to have a body of work that demonstrates your ability on verifiable targets. That's one thing my instructor uh, hammered home to us is you get this skill and there is a desire, a tendency to go after the esoteric, after the, what we call woo-woo, the unverifiable targets, like what is, you know, what are the aliens doing on Aldebaran or something like that, for which you'll never get feedback. And it's it's enticing to viewers because they don't have to demonstrate the skill. They can, no one can ever prove them wrong, you know? It's I, I see a, I see groups. I'm not going to name any, but uh, understood. There's, understood. There's, there's yeah. people that they just do targets of this nature and you can never prove them wrong. So I had to do target after target after target on completely verifiable things like can you remote view the Brooklyn Bridge? And then it's more believable when you do occasionally the far out things. Right. So here's a question here, and I don't want to give this part away to the public because I want them, if they go into your site and become a member, to find it there. But you did a session, um, and I it was a few years ago, I think, on who is the founder of Bitcoin. Yeah. It wasn't Satoshi Nakamoto. Right. And you got data on a on a think tank. Uh, university level people. Yeah. And yet you, and yet in terms of the feedback, I mean, I totally understand why it's th the effort to stay grounded, go for where you can get feedback and focus there. Totally yeah. get it. But in fact, in this context, you can't get feedback. And yet you got your feedback through your craft, your remote viewing, you know, your remote viewing feedback after all of these sessions that you've done. So it's not, it's a different kind of feedback, would you say? Yeah. Well, we might get feedback on that. Okay. That'd be cool. Now. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've gotten a form of feedback on that because I know someone who has knowledge of such things. Okay. Here's what, here's a good tease for you. I think it's all pretty teasy, but go ahead. We just, <laughs> We, we mentioned Google. We just did a target yeah. that was how will artificial intelligence interact with blockchain under the, under, at Google in 2027. So we did this data and Edward Reardon came up with some really, uh, I didn't believe it when he presented it. He was presenting and I was going, oh man, he's, I, I don't believe that. <laughs> and, I love your um, team, by the way. They are yeah, the sweetest oh, gentlemen. Yeah, I get total so, lovely. 
Lovely. So we came up with something blockbuster about what what might happen to Google in the next four years, three years. And we thought it was a miss. We were like, oh man, this was some days we're off. Like we didn't, that was a tough queuing and we didn't really. And, but our data got sent to someone high up, uh, high up. And they said, you guys got it. You're on You're there's a, there's a, another team of remote viewers who are behind the scenes, who are supra, supra national above nation states. And they, it corroborated their data. So, um, Sometimes feedback comes privately. I agree with you. Totally agree with you on that. So I did in uh, a couple of years ago, uh, there was a fabulous storyteller, Seema Anand, who had spent 15 years on the Kama Sutra, which we all think is an erotic, just an erotic mm -hmm. thing and kind of like Hindu porn. It's not. But anyway, I do this segment with her. And one of the things she says, both in her, I think in her book, I, I don't recall exactly, but in the interview, in the conversation, is she doesn't believe that the Kama Sutra was written by a man, which I thought was fascinating. So I would love to know in the same way that you queried Bitcoin, like who really developed this thing, you know? Um, but you can't get the feedback now, at this time, you can't get feedback other than a remote viewing session. I looked all over. Who would do this session? But it would be fascinating. <laughs> That's one of them that would be fascinating to find out, you know? Well, one of the things I've learned, Kim, yeah. through future forecasting, okay, I did a remote viewing on Hitler. I that, saw that. I okay. saw that. I loved it. Okay. Somebody got a hold of me through a third party and said, Dick, um, that was a really good remote viewing. We, what you drew there, specifically the cemetery, was we know where that is. We've seen it. You drew it exactly. You need to be careful. You have self-illuminated. You've become part of the priest class. You need to use this ability wisely. I agree. And so thus, this became my second mentor. I had one mentor who was Glenn Wheaton, who was a remote viewer for U.S. Army Special Forces in a secret program that still has not been disclosed, that taught me the skill of remote viewing. And then I have another mentor because of my remote viewing. Getting back to the Kama Sutra, information and technologies are doled out to humanity from a greater intelligence, from a control mechanism. So Bitcoin wasn't created by someone named Satoshi Nakamoto who came up with a clever idea. Bitcoin was rolled out to humanity as a next evolution of humanity to go to a a digital system, a digital accounting system. It's so much more than Bitcoin. It's a triple ledger entry. If you, you want to go really deep into the... Why not? Really Why not? Human beings were organized into nation states. 
it's it's allowed to appear organic, but it's directed by an administrative power. We're given some leeway. Uh, some we're given nation states like cultures and uh, races are assembled. You're given a, a nationality, a flag, uh, an anthem a monetary system, a currency. So we gather around, but what it is, is that it's an accounting system. So you have a nation state and within the nation state, you have counties where they count the proceeds of the human um, activity, human activity, human commerce. With technology being given to humanity, technology will now allow for that accounting system to be done on a blockchain with digitally. And so in part of that will be digital money. And that's why Bitcoin was introduced to humanity. It wasn't Hitomi, Hitoki, Hitomi. Uh, it wasn't uh, Satoshi, Satoshi Nakamoto. I got Hitomi on my mind. I miss Me her. Me too. Anyway, Actually, um, I do too. Yeah. She was... She, she was, was your student. Did you teach her? Were you her student? Were you her teacher? I helped. Okay. Mentor. I I gave her some training. She was trained by David Morehouse. David Morehouse is one of the great in instructors of uh, CRV. He was in the unit with Lynn and uh, Paul and all the rest. It was David Morehouse that was responsible. Uh, he was responsible in big part for remote viewing coming out because he wrote a book and he lost his pension. He paid dearly for that book. He just barely like two years ago got his pension back. But they wow, they really uh, he he paid dearly. So I'm um, sorry. Wow. Hitomi trained with uh, Morehouse. And then she came to Hawaii. She saw Hawaii Remote Viewers Guild, and she pretty much just came to our doorstep and said, I'm here, teach me. You know, I'm going to live in Hawaii. And so one of the other instructors at HRVG taught her. I taught her for a while. She was she vacuumed up any knowledge about. She was incredible. What a sweet with, soul. Oh. She trained with some Russians, and she was I she did sessions for me that just blew my mind blew my mind. She did a session on Cliff High in 2011 or 2012 that was just phenomenal. So yeah, Hitomi was really special. But she I I uh I gave her some training. I was I wasn't her primary trainer. I don't she was on your it. team though. She was on your team. She was remarkable. What a yeah. soul. I'm sorry that you lost her. Did she I? Was... You want to? This will bring me to tears. This will bring you to tears. Okay. okay. Tommy passed away in Brazil about two, three years ago. And I was deeply affected by that. And so I had written a song called Time to Go. And I was recording that for Hitomi, but I wasn't telling anybody. This wasn't in public, but I was secretly recording it. And I have a friend who plays mandolin uh, in, on the mainland. And so we're recording this song. And when Hitomi disappeared and, and died, she was in a white, all white, she was in a white dress. The great psychic Lon Vo contacted me. 
her representative said, Lon Vo needs to talk to you. Can you talk to her on Saturday? I said, sure. Why is Lon Vo calling me? And so I got on with Lon Vo. I have Vo. chills about this while you're talking. I have total chills all over. Lon Vo said, Dick, I need the woman who died. She came to me and she knows you're sad and she wanted me to tell you that she loves you and it's okay. She's all right. It was time to go. <laughs> oh my God. I I was oh just. Oh my God. Lonvo is is really good. So Lonvo gave me a you know Lonvo said this woman in a in white came to me in a dream and said Dick is hurting. I need you to tell him that I'm okay. That it's all right and it's time to go. And she named the song that I was writing about it. It's like wow. That nobody knew about. Wow. So, yeah, that's my Hitomi story. Oh. That's yeah. Lonvo is. Um, uh people will ask so i'll say it's l-a-n-v-o v-o and she does readings in hawaii i i heard about her from my teacher in the special forces remote viewing in the early in the early 80s they were they were all looking for natural psychics to try to learn from and one of the natural psychics they contacted was lon Vo, and the green berets went and had readings and they were just all whoa yeah so one the, of the uh, things i go ahead the, the, go ahead. the u.s military was like you know lynn buchanan very well i mean yeah, he, here he was uh was a sergeant you know in the in the military and all military bearing, but they're really far out people, you know, they're really <laughs> intensely spiritual. So the military was like scouring the civilian world for amazing psychics. Richard Ireland, Wingo Swan, Lon Bo, they were, they were trying to gain knowledge from all of them secretly. And they were doing that. The, the, uh, the untold story of remote viewing is really interesting. I don't, we've, we've only, we're only getting bits and pieces of it. I think if Did, next time you interview Lynn, ask him that, like, do we ever, do we get the real full story? You go. No. Well, actually I was going to invite you to come on with Lynn the next time I do this, we do this. And I asked Lynn last night on the phone, I said, would you come on with, with Dick? He goes, Oh yeah, I'd love to. <laughs> it's I up would, to you. I love Lynn. That would be I'd, so I'd cool. I'd love to do a segment with him. Um, I remember meeting him at the first conference. So when I became interested in remote viewing, Lynn Buchanan was one of the gods of remote viewing. I met Lynn Buchanan. Wow. So now I, I feel like I could speak to him on more of a... Colleague? You know, I, yeah. I, I have some knowledge that I'd love to compare notes with him. Like, yeah. Do you know he's a great artist too? He's an incredible artist. He paints. Oh my God. You know, I think all remote viewers, it should be required some art training. Um, it, too many of us draw stick figures. Well, and, I'm a stick but, figure um, drawing. <laughs> well, you know, if you I haven't left the stick figure people, you can use YouTube, like how to draw a human face. Like there's, there's a, there's a way to like, okay, put the eyes here. This is the ratio of this or how to draw perspective. Like there's something called a vanishing point 
like you have a point on the horizon and all the lines point to that and then your perspective will be correct just little tricks like that you can learn on how to draw because i notice you do faces really good too i've watched i've watched Some of the best Even... ones i've done kim i do without thinking like i just i'll just let my hand do it and it will capture them perfectly yeah, without trying amazing. Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. So back to we'll finish the part, if you would, just we'll go back because we you were saying you were talking about the administration. That's OK. And and you said Hitomi. So I felt we should address Hitomi. Yeah. And then okay. well, if you want to go so, back at all to the administration or just to wrap that up, just basically you were laying it out that we get little bits and pieces of things at a time and everything is OK. And nation states and can humanity. The progression of humanity is probably not as organic as we would think. There is technology that exists. Keep your earbuds in. And yeah, I got one of them at it least. Is, it is doled out to us when we're ready. So I did a YouTube video years ago that was um, Bell Labs in sixty. Oh, they did a video where they had children learning on tablets. They had uh, wow. children in a classroom with computer. They had a woman in her house sitting with a TV screen and a credit card slot. And she was shopping like, I want this dress. Can you have it in a size six in green? Yes. Put your credit card in. She was like basically using Amazon. This was 1960. So all this stuff is is rolled out piecemeal to humanity. Yeah, it's it, the knowledge. The, it's it's all there. It's, but you know there, what's there shocking? A, you know what's shocking? Sorry to interrupt you. I just you know what's so shocking to me? Like I agree with you on. I I agree with you on that. It's fascinating to watch the kind of like slowly, slowly but surely things are rolled out. But let's take somebody like Elon Musk. Here's Elon Musk, just as an example. He's, he has this shirt, Occupy Mars. He's all excited. He's getting this whole thing about we're going to Mars and everything. So I, I was a little frisky one day on Twitter. <laughs> and I said, you obviously haven't been cleared yet. <laughs> you haven't been cleared yet. You have to ask to uh, them to up-level up your clearance. because Did he answer we, you? Wait, no, then I said... We've been there, done that. You're talking about returning to Mars. <laughs> yeah, ab absolutely. Ask absolutely. them to well, up-level your clearance. I mean, yeah. if you guys could get to him, okay? If he, mm. can you imagine if, I mean, he doesn't know about the grand solar minimum. He doesn't know what's really happening with the climate. I mean, you can have the most incredible person doing all this good stuff with a good, you know, and then- the basic detail, like they don't have it. Like, here's this thing about you wouldn't expect the average person to have anything about Mars, but he's taking all these shipments to the, yeah. you know, in and out of space, throwing up all these satellites and everything. How can he not know? How can he not know? He, he, he knows. He you knows. Don't get to be, you don't get to be Elon Musk. You don't get to be a billionaire. Without being read in to certain and briefed people. exactly yeah exactly Ab absolutely he is so um, I remote so I was view <laughs> we remote viewed Elon Musk and in my remote viewing 
I saw some, it's just totally blind. I saw somebody being in a really nice house being like taken up. I didn't know if it was out of their body and out of body experience or an abduction, but somehow being taken up and given knowledge, like became enlightened. So it had some inner Elon Musk has probably been upgraded. You know, he's well, he's he, about to get the neural link upgrade. That's what I'm worried about. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, you know, I mean, honestly, a year ago, I booked a uh, retreat on the island of Lanai, which is a private island in, in Hawaii that's owned by Elison. Oh, the, one of the big high billionaire tech guys. And okay. Elon Musk goes over there and hangs out with him. And my, my thought was it's a really small island. I mean, it's, it's, uh, there's no stoplights there. I was going to run into Elon Musk and have a conversation with him. I was convinced I was going to do that. But I then want my, you to. My reservation got, there was something wrong and I canceled it. But I was, I was thinking, this is my remote viewing intuitive. I'm going to be there when Elon Musk is there and I need to be ready to bump into him at dinner. And how, how can I draw him in, you know, like without sounding crazy? I would love to talk to Elon Musk. I really think it needs to happen. I really do. Because can you imagine being in his position right now, in your position right now, being him in his position right now, what's going to happen to all the solar stuff in a grand solar minimum? A. B, what happens when he finds out we've been to Mars? Okay. And are we really going back with him? And all that infrastructure, would yeah. it change anything for him to know? Maybe he just needs to know, and then that so we, will inform yeah. him how to proceed. We right? Were having a little, we were having a little <laughs> spat with Cliff High because Cliff High had us remote view the backside of the moon, and it's our data yeah. that humans have been on the moon for quite a while. Like, we went there yeah. before Apollo. And Cliff didn't believe that. And there was a, he didn't want to believe our data. But yeah, we've been to the moon. We've been to Mars. Yeah. The, um, there's a, there's a tech, there's a tech, there's a whole hidden level of technology above, there. you know, there's a whole breakaway. I don't want to call it a breakaway civilization. It's the, those who created us and who are running the place. They've, you know, UFOs have been around the whole time. There's a whole level above that we, we don't see. I, I interviewed John Lear a few times some years ago and was in his office. I don't know if you know John. Do you know John? Oh, I, I used to listen to him all the time. Okay. Well, I saw over the whole, I mean, he had an entire wall with the untainted photograph of the moon. I saw the buildings. I, I saw infrastructure, et cetera. It was fascinating, yeah. and 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 he gave so many drops, pieces of things that it, it didn't take rocket science to figure out that you know humanity has been there, yeah, you know, or whatever has been there. You know, some some beings have been allowed to go there and do work. Well, I interviewed Harrison yeah. Schmidt. You know, Harrison Schmidt. He was one of the. He was one of the, the last astronauts. astronauts to be on. Yeah, the moon. yes. What did, I, I haven't. 
what did he have to say? I don't I don't think I've heard that. Well, this one. was uh yeah, I um I didn't ask him those questions. He seemed very what is the word? Mm, constricted. Reticent to talk about him. Reticent, yeah, constricted. Yeah, they were they were he sure. was in a deal uh I think with John and another gentleman to mine the moon. And at the time they were setting off NASA was sending probes to uh, create more water on the moon, and it was using some type of explosive devices to do that. And I, and I, I think I remember saying to him, how come we're sending explosions on the moon? And he got kind of upset with me, but I didn't know how to articulate it at the time. But basically they were mining for water, you know. Yeah. Uh, who knows? I know that there's a lot of mining going on, a huge amount of helium, helium, what is it, helium-3? Yeah. There's a lot of stuff on the moon. And, of course, Lynn Buchanan's group, when they're not teaching that, you know, they're tasked by different agencies and stuff too. But there's a whole interesting other part of remote viewing too, which is one is going back into what was one is yeah. going into what is in the now, which obviously moves quickly. And then there's out in the distant future, even though understanding our whole understanding of time is not what we think it is, but yeah. The thing is, it kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, what is his name? Braden. Greg Braden did a talk about how you really, I, I, I hope I'm not misarticulating this, but something to the extent that no matter what you remote view, you can change it. I want to know what you think about that, that it's, it's so malleable because it's out in the future. It's like an X factor. It's up for grabs. He didn't use this language. But the, the meta message of his communication about that left, left me like, what, are the, what is the public to think about your work and Lynn's work? And if it's so serious, all these agencies are tasking them. And you have this team that's looking into the future to, to inform people that are part of the membership and to protect them and also do interesting targets. What does that mean, the future so you you can come up with something, let's say about Google. It's okay. out into the future, twenty twenty seven. Okay, I'll I'll. How do we receive I'll, that? This is, a, this is a two part answer, and I, I just yeah. Sorry, I had a lot of complicated I, things. Oh, we're having a jumbled. great conversation. This is it's good a jumbling. It's going so many directions. At I once. know. I love it. This is. Beautiful. I love it too. Okay, so I'm going to answer. Um, Whichever the ability you want. to change the future, but before that, I want to yes. talk about why we do the type of targets we do and why it's interesting to do those. The person that got a hold of me and um, is helps us at Future Forecasting is someone who was involved at high levels of administration of the planet, who has knowledge about how the planet is administered. And he's out of that role now but has an amazing storehouse of, of knowledge. He is a very kind, loving person who likes to help humanity, but knows that most people can't be helped. So have you ever met him? Have you ever physically seen him? Like I'm like, I'm yeah. talking with you. Yeah. yeah. I've, I've, okay. yeah, I know his family. Okay. I've, I've okay. talked to his family face to face. I I've That's talked great. to him. I know where he. I know where he lives. I could. I know his address. Um, I'll be right over, Michael. <laughs> Switzerland. I got a .ch going on. Go ahead. 
<laughs> so be right um, over, Michael. Just send the plane. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> he tells me things. I've had like six hundred hours of conversation with him, at least. But what he tells me is information that is published. So we'll be having a conversation and he'll pause and he'll go, Google this, look this up. And I'll find a website. He goes, okay, that's been published. I'll explain what that means. And then he'll tell me. There are certain things that he's bound by secrecy that he would never tell me. Sure. But sure. if we discover those things via remote viewing, it's allowed. So an example would be the Hammurabi code. What does that have to do with the administration of humanity throughout the ages? The fact that um, the, the world, this planet is owned by someone, someone owns the land. And what is allowed is a commercial enterprise businesses on the land. And so that story goes back to Hammurabi, what the administration of the earth goes back to that time, to that stone. So we remote view that where what's going to happen in the future. Well, we remote view what's happening at Google in 20, uh, 27. That's hard for me to 2027, man. That's, that's, that's all right. Like, I don't. I listen. I would be I'm, forgetting it too if I remote viewed what you did. I'm getting. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm trying getting, to forget it now. No, it's just I'm getting <laughs> old. I, I I'm still like 2012 seems like way in the future to me still. But anyway, uh, information is allowed to come out through remote viewing because there's plausible deniability. Well. Right. Someone didn't tell us. Someone on the inside didn't tell us. We got it psychically and it can be discounted. Well, these remote viewers are crazy. They make stuff up, you know. So that's that's one way to get information to people if they have the eyes to see and the ears to ears hear. To hear. OK, can you. Change things by remote viewing, we've done some experiments on that. There's something called the observer's effect, where if you just look yeah, at Yeah, that's the quantum, right? Just influencing yeah. it through the quantum. Explain that to people. Oh, man. I don't have the... Can you? I can do it. And uh, Let me see. Can okay, I try? Just very quickly. I'm going to do the rough and rugged version. Okay. Basically, the quantum physicists are saying that by virtue of observing something... You, but the way in which you're observing something, you're actually changing it by your very observation energetically mm -hmm. in the quantum field. That's my understanding. You tell me if but, I've ruined it. No, that's right. But the, my question would be, how much are you changing it when you- By observing you, it? Well, do you think a remote viewer can go to some place and go, you know, by magical using your- no, I, I I didn't even ask that question. I think I confused you with what I meant about. Oh, no, no, I no. meant I meant I meant about the future. Can you, if you remote some, you were, let's say you remote viewed Google, just to clarify, you remote viewed Google, twenty twenty seven. Okay, you're going to come out at the beginning, whatever, in January, and you're going to relay that to the public, the whole team, what you all got. So the question is, 
that you got that. And even though you have a history of being accurate, like frighteningly accurate about so many things you remote view, can we, the public, with that knowledge in the now, change that thing that you just remote viewed about Google in the future? In case it's bad. I'm just giving you an example. Well, in your estimation, what does it what does it take to change that? Is it is it a matter of changing attitudes, or do you have to take physical action, or do you have to change? <laughs> Who the knows what's going to happen? <laughs> an entire population. We're we're dealing with administrators that they own. They have unlimited resources, unlimited wealth, and they they know how to do magic. They they can control populations by putting thoughts and putting things memes into consciousness. They use yeah. the you know television. They television yes. to you. So um, we've done some experiments on that. Like we had one called a message to the past, and I tried some. Reminds me, I need to publish this out. I remote viewed Napoleon, and I had a I had a real good session on him, as good as I did on Maria Orsic. That was about wow four months ago. But in the session, I didn't know who it was. I was double blind. I saw a death mask, and I went, "Man, I I saw it really good. That's a death mask. This is somebody in the past that they made a death mask of." And what does I, that mean? What does that mean? A death mask. When someone dies, they put plaster over their face. Oh, okay. They take a mold okay. and then they- I've seen those. All right. I know. Now I know what you mean. I was like, what is like he a, talking yeah. about? Okay. So they, they had a death mask of this guy and I knew he wanted to be like a emperor. I thought it was some Roman guy, <laughs> but it was Napoleon. So- Okay, now we're going to get into the really woo-woo. And I, I haven't published this yet, and I, I will publish it. I, I was supposed to do it by Christmas, and I got busy. I haven't done it yet. So here I am. I'm remote viewing, and I, I see this guy, and he's on a horse charge. He's got a flag. He likes cannon. He He's, he's in charge of battles, and he dies, and they have a death mask of him. And so I go, I am I know I've got good target contact on this one. I'm so... Before I got feedback, I said, I'm going to try to put a message in the death mask. I'm going to try to write something in the death mask. And so I wrote down, I we have a little probing icon called a Nemo. Let Let's me, see. You better tell us what it is. I'll draw it. It can be no secrets from us. Okay, here we go. Yeah, I'll, I need it. Okay. So what I was doing was I was I was going to attempt to to put something in the death mask. All right. So let me let me draw Where's this. the probe when you need it. <laughs> yeah, I. That's that right there is called Nemo. Okay. And that's a neuro linguistic programming probing tool. If I. If you ask me to remember something like, what did my first car look like? My eyes would go up and to the left to remember. And if you ask me, what did my mom's voice 
you know, you ask me to recall my mother, I would go down to recall the kinesthetic of that. We use that as a, as a probing tool. Anyway, that's a very distinctive thing. Mm -hmm. I tried to put that in Napoleon's death mask and also the word. You lost? Ham. <laughs> H A M, ham. Okay. Okay. That's a that's an insight. That's something that I published as an entrainment in 2009, the, the term ham. And so I did my thing, and I'm not going to say how I did it, but I went and looked at, after I got feedback, if you look at the picture of Napoleon's death mask, you can sort of see that radio. Oh, my thing, God. And you can see the word ham. I'll publish that out. We'll do a segment. That, that. is okay. phenomenal. That's fascinating. So let me let me get to the theory behind that. Remote viewing is generally regarded as a passive activity. Okay. If I go back to Napoleon in 1802 and I bring back valid data about Napoleon. Information has to move. Information moves from one point in consciousness, in reality, to... I'm sitting here in Makiki, Hawaii, in my condo, in a dark room, addressing a target ID, and I go... My consciousness goes somewhere and gets valid data about Napoleon with his cannon and his death mask. Information has to move to get to me. Information moves. So... If it can move from 1802 to 2023 from France or Italy or wherever, you know, wherever he was fighting his battles in Russia to Makiki, information moves. Can information move from me? To that? Can I place information in that time? Is there some way I can do something to affect that target that would show up in the here and now that would be verifiable, um, unique enough and verifiable? So I used that little icon that I don't mm -hmm. think they ever used in his time and the word H-A-M. And so I'm going to publish that pretty soon. That's that's the kind of stuff. Where, OK, you really uh, there are are you sure? I have a quick one. Well, I just well, before you go into that next thing, I have one question here. It's Columbo. Hopefully, I'm more put together than Columbo. But anyway, um, you say information moves. I get that at the level of consciousness. Yeah. But in, the, in 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 your practice, you in your consciousness move to that location, space, and time, and event. That event space, right? That's that's captured somewhere, whether we call it the Akashic see, Records see, or whatever. Yeah. What do we call this? Well, nothing goes away. It, then. I call it a greater field of consciousness. I OK. If I go somebody's taking I, videos of everything, <laughs> if I go like this, if I go like this, that's an event that has a robust electromagnetic signature. I do that again. That's another event. Those exist those are still happening back in time. So if you move your awareness just back to when that happened, it's still, it's still happening. So I believe 
remote viewing is is in essence time travel and the the reason i believe that is because we've done enough some say well you're just remote viewing the feedback right you're just you're just you're just getting the what someone's going to tell you about the target or you're remote viewing what the tasker knows you're going into the tasker's consciousness and getting what they know but i've seen many 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 instances of remote viewing where the remote viewer gets data that the tasker didn't know and that is not part of the tasking um so i believe you're getting it from the source so the question is can you go affect that source with your consciousness we think so but the observer's effect is so small you just have such so little gain i know some remote viewers that were remote viewing a a famous tragedy a famous mass death event that's part of history and someone died a little girl died in that event so the remote viewers went and they found that little girl and they know that in the confusion of the event she was running with some people and she turned right and became trapped if she would have turned left she would have gotten out so what they're attempting to do was to nudge her to go left so that she would survive the event and not be on the casualty list and what does that mean if you, okay how would you do that how can you as a remote viewer go there and communicate go left it's your uh isn't there a disruption in the flow of events of one's karmic path the, the paradox yeah 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 i mean it seems like it would be like crossing the rubicon of from yeah. the profane to the sacred but but interfering with the sacred of one's trajectory yeah. of a life i know someone that's writing a book about that a novel that's that's very interesting like what if you could just by some little just causing some small little event that saved someone's life I have an idea for both of us right now. Here's what's yeah. going to happen. You and I are going to go back and talk with Nikola Tesla, the real deal. We're going to tell the, him, we're going to tell him to shut his mouth to the guy he was talking to who wants to yeah. meter all of the energy. Keep it quiet, let him have his deal and he does his thing on the side as a parallel path. Boom. Yeah. There you go. That would change humanity. But would it be allowed by the greater power? And well, the I whole point is not to make it. God yeah. is the greater power. I mean, no, no, the, no. The earth power, the earth power, uh, it, that kind of a thing. It's kind of like open sourcing. A, uh, uh, my company, the rainmaking company, I helped inventors and pioneers help bring their work to the world. My background's in packaging and, and communication and strategic planning for people that have a lot to lose if they don't get it right, if yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah. And so typically uh, people don't do a parallel path and they go straight in and they go right to the patent office and all that. And then a lot of them don't make it. I mean, there was a guy I interviewed, Joseph Longo, who was called the king of garbage. He had a plasma generator that could get rid of anything, plutonium, this, that, and the other. And 
after I interviewed him, he was going to go with a, a three-letter agency. They wanted him to do a deal with them. I said, please don't do this. It'll please be it'll just... be buried forever. They'll say, yeah, give us that. And then they, they use it and you never see it again. And well, he ended up doing a deal with them and he's no longer with us. But the point of the matter is they there's by the time a pioneer gets to the deal with people, a lot of times they don't care anymore. They've risked everything. They've lost friends, family, yeah. love, children, money, credit, everything. They'll just go. They've had heart attacks. They've had whatever. So this is very chronic what happens. But the thing is, of the few people and of the of the people in history that I would love to go back with you and have a talk with Nikola Tesla, I would like to manage Nikola Tesla personally. <laughs> I'd like to manage what couldn't be managed because he didn't have the right people around him. We remote viewed him. Edward Reardon. I saw that really too. That was data. beautiful. I didn't get very good data on Nicholas. I was so, when I got the feedback on that, I was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't really get it. I, but see, it, that's it, what's so refreshing it, about you. You know, sometimes I was a it former... doesn't work. You know, I have this brilliant Napoleon and brilliant Maria Orsic and then Nikola Tesla. You had a brilliant Hitler too, let me tell you, that one. Yeah, that one was. I never knew who that was. I never I know. Knew. I know. And when I got the feedback, I was like, oh my God. And I went back and looked at all my data and went, oh, that's, I never recognized him. But Nikola Tesla is somebody I would really love to to have remote viewed well. And I, di I didn't I didn't get much. I, I, I had enough. Some days he just doesn't. It's an, I'm not a machine. Sometimes it doesn't work. Yes, and I love that about you. It's very refreshing. I was a former tournament tennis player for 13 years, and and I was a really good tournament tennis player at the level that you are a remote viewer. And I will tell you something. There are days that I would go out there. I just wanted to break rackets. I played like hell. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there are days where you just have that. It doesn't matter how good you are. It doesn't matter how competent you are. It doesn't matter how skilled and developed you are. You're going to go out and you're going to have those F days. They're just F days where you, you're off the mark, period. Well, right? some, somebody just asked me, what does it take to become a rem remote viewer? And I said, stubbornness, tenacity. Um, I did so many targets, so many nights at Hawaii Remote Viewers Guild where I'd get a hit and I would be walking on air like, I am magical. But there were, for every one of those, there was... <laughs> half dozen where I would slink away, not want to talk to anybody. You know, they'd give us the feedback and I'd go uh, and just feel despondent. So it's just a matter of do it again, do it again, try it again, get a little better. And uh, you, you're always going to have some totally embarrassing, glorious misses where you think you're really smart. Yeah, you just don't get it. So I, I had a day like that on when they when they said it was Tesla, I was like, ah, 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 why didn't I do better? But yeah, I'd love to I'd love to talk to that guy. These that's an interesting story, Tesla. I think I think Tesla was somehow he wasn't from here. He wasn't from here at all. He wasn't from this planet, this guy. He wasn't from here. I can't not have been, right? Well, the person that we communicate with at 
future forecasting. I don't know if he's yeah. totally in this plan. I mean, he's definitely, there are people that get selected at a young age and they get an education that we don't get. They're get told that. they're, they're upgraded and they have knowledge. You don't think is, you're upgraded, man. You're very upgraded. You do you think well, everybody, listen, everybody may have the capacity to remote view, but nine out of 10 people will never become the remote viewer that you are, will never reach the level that you are. Nine out of, maybe eight out of 10, sorry about that public, but mm. because it requires the initiation and the continuous practice. And let me tell you, I took a remote viewing class for five days, it, not by Lynn, it was by... Uh, I forgot her first name. Her last name was Smith. Lori? Oh, oh, no, no, uh, no. oh. yeah. Yeah, uh, this was before yeah, I went Smith. to live in Europe. And, and, and the reality is that while I got some hits and I was very excited and everything, it is a very concentrated, focused, it's an isolating thing. The practice is not like you're getting these big kudos. You could go hours and hours and hours you know, focused and drawing in and everything, you have to have a tremendous spirit, okay, and a dedication to do this again and again and again in practice without applause. Here's a, here I'll admit to something that I... Am I, I right can, or am I wrong? I can, yeah, this? you're right. I used to be, I was the, the weekend anchor man at KITV, the ABC affiliate in Honolulu. And being the weekend anchor man at that time, was for me a pretty easy job. Like you'd go in about 2.30 in the afternoon. You'd, I'd do the six o'clock news and the, or the five o'clock news and the 10 o'clock news. So you go in, you get a little briefing. This was really before the internet. The internet was fledgling at that point. And then you'd see who was working on what. I'd write some teases like coming up tonight at 10, a big fire in Unalu'u, details at 10. It doesn't take long to write that. I'd rewrite some of the intros. And then in the evening, I'd, I'd help write some of the national news and uh, rework some of the stuff. But the workload wasn't that intense with only two newscasts. So I would I would have a few hours of downtime. I would sneak back into a quiet office and work remote viewing targets while I at work. And I remember being at like, um, you know, on Mars or back in times and over the intercom, Dick Allgaier, come to the newsroom, Dick Allgaier. <laughs> Where were you? I said, oh, I was in the other office. You know, I was like, we need you to cut a tease on the uh, murder. And I'm like, oh my I God. Was just, I was just seeing one time I was <laughs> one time. That's wild. Working at Target. You left Mars to go to the station manager to, to cut a commercial or go to do One news. One time I was in my office. Oh, my God. One time I was in my office. I was working a blind target. And I went to the ERV portion where I was in my chair like this. And I was, I was going out into that near sleep. And all of a sudden, I was in the deep blue ocean on a sunny day. And a, a single-engine airplane went and plowed into the ocean right in front of me and i oh my god and it was it oh was my god. As real as full color experiential reality like a, a the most vivid dream you ever had did you scream and did it, you scream 
yes, I, whoa. And I jumped out of the chair and I was like, oh my God, oh my God. And I, I go, okay. I'm in my office. I was remote viewing, man, I was out. And so I, I went, what the hell was that target? And I, uh, I sketched it <laughs> and I went, that was intense. That was remote viewing is not always like that. Very often when I remote view, it's dim blurry. It's just a little tiny faint one second flash. Sometimes it, it plays as a flickering little movie. This time it was full on. I see the whole thing. And so, wow, I drew this plane slamming into the ocean and I submitted the target and I got feedback a few days later and it was U.S. Coast Guard, Hawaii, uh, next rescue event, near future. So they were looking at what would be the next time the Coast Guard would have a newsworthy rescue Oh my event. God. Okay. So a week after that, I'm on live TV. I'm on the news. I'm on the set. I got my IFBN, got my makeup on and my necktie, and I got my script, you know, listen, you know, still ahead. The mayor says the new, you know, sewer fee is too high or whatever. And they come out and they hand me a, uh, they go, we have breaking news. They hand me a script. So they go, go. And I go, well, uh, the U.S. Coast Guard is on the scene of a rescue event, uh, four miles northeast of the island of Oahu, a Cessna airplane has just crashed into the ocean. Oh, my God. And I realized I'd remote view that. And I'm on live TV, right? And this realization hits me while I'm trying <laughs> to ad-lib the story. And I'm thinking, what a weird life I have. No one would ever believe this. That Nobody I, would believe it. And I you do have a weird this. life. It's very interesting, though. And I have to be on live TV and maintain as the straight newscaster going out of the you know. That was that was one of the more bizarre experiences of my newscasting remote view. See, I lived a double life because I was this credible you couldn't admit to being a remote viewer back then. People yeah. think you were crazy. True. So wow. It, I was we were doing work for the uh Honolulu Police Department missing person. We had a detective that we had associated association with. We did one missing persons case that we did really well. And he had us meet with the mother of this guy that had disappeared while hiking. And we gave her the data. And she was so thankful. She said, I finally have closure. I know what happened to my son. I believe you. And the detective uh, helped us do that. But I, I went to a press conference once and he was there and he he looked at me and he went like like you know don't don't pretend you know me you know don't talk about remote viewing in this setting because he didn't want want it publicly known that they were relying on remote lynn knows all about that because lynn absolutely he shared yeah, he shared lynn. that a lot yep yeah that that yeah, goes on all the time even today right even today yeah. goes on yeah but i want to you, know, you, you can't do targets like that all the time it would, no it would, it, it Break would you. mess with your head yeah those are the how do you th how those do you are hard decompress. to decompress yeah oh how do you decompress when you go into a target let's say let's just say how do you decompress from your events you know there's a protocol i guess for decompressing from going to the target yeah i'll, I'll show and, you i'm off camera for a minute I'll show you, i think you're gonna play i think you're gonna play guitar is what i think yes i'm gonna pull out 
for those of you who uh <laughs> I love it when you play like, at the end of your thing. And we got the, we got the Dick Algar guitar session at the end to wrap the thing. Here we go. That's a Martin D 41. And I, I, I play slap key guitar on my couch. I, I play guitar and that calms me down. Remote viewing is inherently destabilizing. The, the difficult ones for me are, missing persons or future events the uh there was a shooting at the garlic festival in california two years ago and i had seen that one i saw the tents and the the signs i saw the people running for their lives and it was like a little colored dream i had for like five seconds i go wow there's tents and booths and it's some event like a state fair and something bad happened and the people are just frantic and I drew that and I put it in, forgot about it. And I got up one morning uh, a few weeks later and I saw the news reports of the shooting at the Gilroy Garlic Festival. And it was those tents. And I I rushed to my computer and I looked at it. And I was just there sobbing. I was just, I was just overcome. Um, it's real eerie. It's kind of spooky. It's... It's, there is uh, a spooky part of this for sure, particularly when it's future oriented like that. Yeah, my wife is. She's really. I have a wonderful wife. She's so Mimi. Cool, Mimi is her name. Mimi. Yeah, Mimi. Yeah, okay. she's Korean. You want to hear a really great romantic story? Please, please, I love it. Let's hear it. Bring it on. I was never associated that much with military. I was a grateful deadhead. I was more of a hippie in the seventies. So Sugar like Magnolia. I, I, I you <laughs> you got that right. I never uh I never was in the military and was was just a different mindset. And I now I have great respect for them because I worked with a special force of guys and all you know, like Lynn and even though they're very far out. So I was on the news, and we used to go to this bar in Honolulu. This would be 1989-90. After the Friday news, we'd go have a few drinks. And we were at this bar, the, the news team, and this very clean-cut young man came up and bought us a round of drinks and introduced himself. He goes, I'm Captain Muller, and he was a Marine and officer and a gentleman, really nice guy. So we became friends with him, just randomly meeting at this bar, and... Uh, he threw a party and some of us went and then we would go to dinner and we, we kind of became friends. So he said, I'm going to go to this 4 a.m. bar that's owned by Tom Selleck. And I said, I'm tired. I'm going home. And he called me later and said, I met this Korean woman. She's just fabulous. I'd like you to have dinner. I'd like you to meet her. So I'll jump to the punchline. He married this Korean woman and asked me to be the best man. And I said, well, Okay. Sure. So I got a tuxedo. I put it on. It was Super Bowl Sunday and I had to leave the Super Bowl. I'm going, man, I, I really would rather watch the Super Bowl than <laughs> be in a tuxedo and go to a wedding. So I go there and his bride's sister, this is Mimi. And I went, oh, and I'm sitting there in the ceremony in a tuxedo. He's in his dress uniform. She's in a wedding dress and Mimi's on the other side in a pink dress. And I, I had a vision of me marrying Mimi and him being the best man and the wow. wife. Being, I could see that. And I 
I, I shook it off. This was before I was ever exposed to remote viewing, but I said, Fascinating. wow, I'm, I'm not going to marry a Korean woman and I'm, <laughs> I'm a bachelor. I don't want to get married. And why am I thinking this? And the ceremony ended and we were walking arm in arm up the aisle. And when she touched me, I knew I go, this is my soulmate. Isn't that, isn't that amazing? Yeah. And so that came true. That that vision came true. And I married her and I've been happily ever after. She's wonderful. How long ago was that? That was 1992. Wow. So you're making Guinness records, records book. (laughs) The Guinness. You're in Guinness. Yeah. These days you're in Guinness for that. Okay. Back to remote viewing. That's a great she, story, but I want to say she, one thing she, on that. She, I have to give one comment before yeah. you go to the next thing about the vision that popped in your head about Mimi and Mimi and you. Maybe didn't come from you. You go, yeah. I wasn't thinking that. No, it was given to you, I think. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. Probably. Yeah, All right, I go agree. Ahead. So I put in my two cents. You. And she... Um, I go in my room, she's out watching Korean dramas or something, and I come stumbling out after two hours, you know, and I'm still a little dazed, and I'll be talking to her. She goes, you're not all the way back yet, are you? Yeah, yeah. She goes, what was it? I go, and so sometimes I show her my work. I'm still under blind protocol. So I go, look, I saw this, this, and this. I don't know what it means. I don't know what it is, but I like I saw people doing this. And then a week later, I'll get the feedback and I'll go, hey, Mimi, remember I told you that target? Come look. And she gives me a high five. But one time I remote viewed the Ron Brown plane crash. Oh. And I saw a plane hit a mountain crash and I finished and I put my paper together and I went down and and I laid down on the bed next to Mimi and she, she was watching TV I was just sitting there and I started sobbing. I went, they all died. They all died. And she goes, oh, you're still there. I said, yeah, they, there was a plane crash. So she's very. Um, understanding. It sounds me. like yeah, that's really important. That's really important. I, um, years ago, I did an interview with uh, Trevor James Constable who used to do weather engineering um, using some of Rudolf Steiner's work and, um, and others with the orgon, okay? He mm-hmm. would pull in, he would literally make it rain. And one of the things I've noticed, and I think you have a real blessing here because a lot of the spouses of pioneers, I should say male pioneers, because that's a lot of yeah. who I've have, have assisted, have not been supportive of their work and it impacted their whole lives. Yeah. They suffered yeah. their whole lives. I think it's such a blessing that you and Mimi found each other, honestly. Huge, huge contribution. For sure, for sure. So I have friends that if I told them, yeah, the government has programs that can control the weather, they go, oh no, that's, they won't even consider the idea. But I, there's still- All you gotta do is show them the patents. They're easy to show the patents. Here, just look at the patents. They're 50 years old. They don't wanna see it. They don't wanna know. They won't believe it. You know, aren't you- you know all these things. You must have do. people you come in contact with that are, are friends and family that you can't talk about this. None with. of my family accepts anything I've ever covered. 
on its rainmaking time, including mm. its rainmaking time. And they live in their own bandwidth and their own bubble yeah. of comfort. And I have to respect that. My older sister is much more receptive. My parents are gone. My mother believed stuff. My dad was, come see, come saw. But um, it's the kind of thing when information comes to you and you get evidence of something, it doesn't mean everybody wants to know, will know, or should know. There are a lot of people who can't handle it. Well, here I am, mainstream news guy that I had to be, I, I was in a lane that I had to stay in that lane. You know, when you're, when you're on, when you're working for the ABC affiliate, you know, and I did hits on CNN, CBS, and you've got to behave and you've got to, you know, the parameters, you know, what the boundaries are. You, you well know what you're a mainstream newscaster. And there came a time in 20. 12 when i was doing a live broadcast when obama came to hawaii and i was out there in air force one and obama peeled off and started shaking hands with the the military people there and the producer said in my ear keep talking keep talking this is great and i had had i had about two minutes worth of material like where obama was coming what uh what events he'd be with one last time where he's staying when Michelle and the kids were coming. So I, I had film material. Well, I went through all that and here he is over shaking hands. You can say, well, he's shaking hands. And they told me, keep talking. And I'd run out of stuff to say, and there's nobody to interview and nothing to interact. And I knew things by then about Obama that I couldn't say on TV. And I was, those started flashing in my head. And I was like, oh, man, I don't know how much longer I can, I can do that. So, so here I am with a worldview, and because of my remote viewing, I start getting conversations with someone who's telling me things like, you know, Dick, we didn't create this place. Someone else created it, and they administer the earth, and there's a super, there's an authority, this is who runs it, and do you know that your birth certificate is a certificate of ownership and there's yeah, a prepaid that, account at the bank for international stock exchange, right? Yeah. And, uh, you can look up your birth certificate number, number social and see all the liens that are against the value of your body, of your soul, your soul. That it's incredible. And, uh, what do I do with that? And by the way, you can't really talk about this. And, uh, but here, remote view this and we'll put this out. So there's, well, you have your audience and we have our audience. There are people that want to know about this, that will delve yeah. into this and look at the evidence. And so we talk to them and that's what we do at future forecasting group is people that Realize we're in a system, we don't really have much control over it, but if you have information, you can thrive within the system. So you can you can navigate your own life. And so we don't give financial advice, but we do give information that help people hopefully thrive better. And it's just downright fascinating to learn. It, it's fascinating, but also I think that one of the why it's so important what you're doing is that 
people have uh, an opportunity to be in front of some things if they're receptive to being in front of it versus behind it after yes. it's happened. And some, uh, I'd say a great deal of what you cover that's relevant to life today that is actionable is uh, if people are receptive and they're really listening carefully to what the entire team is doing, you have to make very, you will be called to make very different kind of decisions because this is going to inform you. Maybe you don't go right, but you go left after yeah. knowing this piece of what was just come through. Maybe during this time you will stay out of the city because these events are going to happen. Now there is, and I know you can't talk about it here, but when people get to Future Forecasting Group, they can watch it. But there is a major event, correct? There's a major mm -hmm. I don't, I don't remember if it was geological or whatever. There's a major, I don't know if explosive it's catastrophic event, event explosive yeah, event, kinetic, okay? There's some kinetic It's a kinetic events. event. It's a serious event. I can't remember if it was 2024 or 2025. It, sorry about that. But so for stuff like that, one can ask oneself, um, where do I need to be? Am I in the right place? Not that one is going to run and, and et cetera, but what do I need to do to prepare to have the best outcome no matter what? I mean, if it's your time, you're going, right? Yeah. But if there's something that you can do to sustain yourself and, and live through it, you'll do what you can. And that's what but I what, like about it. There's real yeah. world stuff. It's not it's not playtime over at your site. Let me tell but you. We're, but we're, we try to avoid fear porn. I agree. And I particularly try to avoid telling people what they should do. Like, right. I love that. Advice. Like, don't listen to my advice. Right. You know, just right. Yeah. Eccentric old former newscaster uh, who plays. But guitar. you still drop the data. Day, but but hold on, Dick. You still will reveal and transmit the data. You and your team. But then us who are receiving it are left with what to do. Yeah. And we have to sit with it and look and ask, so, what is the call here? So we just right? did this target that was artificial intelligence, blockchain, and Google. And I was thinking we didn't have a very good session. I thought, well, that's one of our misses. It's a hard target. It's a really hard target to remote view. And I'd like to... That, that would be a great topic. People would love to hear me discuss that with Lynn Buchanan. Like, Lynn, how would you task that? Because artificial intelligence, where does it exist? What is it? Where is it? There's no place you can go to see artificial intelligence. It, uh, on computer motherboards, blockchain, same thing. What is blockchain? Where does it exist? Go what is Google? Is Google a search engine is it a corporation is it a store of vast amounts of information is it uh youtube you know what is google so we're given this tasking that's blockchain ai and google and we're giving the presentation and edward reardon says one of them's not going to make it one of them won't be here at the time frame i'm remote viewing it and I'm I'm listening to him in the debrief, and I'm going, AI is still going to be here. We're not we're not stopping AI. And blockchain. I have is a, the, 
is the. I have a it, sense of something, though. I want to respond to it when you're done. It, blockchain is not going away because it's going to be the accounting of the new civilization. That leaves, if one of those things is going away, that leaves. Is Google Are you, going away? Do you happen to know? Do you know? You broke the news about Theta, okay? You yeah. and Lan, Lenfo, and but basically, we, you, we did, you a did the tasking on Theta. Right. And I, uh, it's I huge. Up, I it's huge. Up, I went, oh my God, this is, I saw full color people looking at screens, but not screens. They were looking at total immersion video, like virtual reality video. And Maybe I holographic go, for all we know. Yeah. And I go, this one's based on the remote viewing. I bought a ton of Theta at like was seven, 12 cents or something. Yeah, and it's still in 20, very inexpensive now. In 2021, I was, I had made a lot. I didn't cash it out, but I'll, I'll get another chance. I just had a conversation three days ago with a gentleman that is running a Theta node that we're going to put it out for people to stake your theta, uh, theta fuel too, theta and theta fuel. I still Fabulous. think this is going to be a good one. That was well. Look at what they're building. They're building the most remarkable infrastructure. They are building. I mean, I'm, do you know this already? Are they, they're building well, the the transformation of the internet via video, audio, streaming into the blockchain. So that it's simpler, easier, faster, less expensive. Boom. It's new yeah. infrastructure. That's why Samsung's in it. Uh, Google's in it. YouTube's in it. This one's in it. That one's in it. It's the new infrastructure for entertainment. Video, yeah. audio, documentaries, the whole caboodle. I just got a list of the corporations that are running Theta nodes. Huge. And big ones. Big ones. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what if. I'm just just theoretical here. What if Google ceased to be and you Google wasn't running YouTube and all the YouTube infrastructure had to go somewhere else and it went to Theta? How big That's what that I'm be? saying. That's what I'm feeling. I'm feeling they're going they're they're going to integrate whatever it is and it won't be what we thought it was. It'll be this new thing. Yep. You you got it. Am I on? Got it. Yeah, we're on the same page. I can't really give it it's all you it's so big no 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 i have chills about it. look everybody just go in the future forecasting group and join okay so you you have some uh cryptos you're into cryptos. i do i do yeah i do and i benefited greatly from your sessions and the guidance and my own prayers and meditations about yeah. it um when i did uh, the uh when i did the hitler thing many years ago and the 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 gentleman got a hold of me because of that he told me dick you have a skill and throughout history people with this skill have not needed to worry about money creature comforts food they they always have the best so they're free to pursue this talent that they have he said what you need to know is that we're in the transition to a new financial system. If you learn about cryptocurrency, 
you'll attain generational wealth. This is your opportunity to never have to worry about money or anybody in your family. So that's all he needed to tell me. And I, I at that point, I didn't know anything about cryptos. And I, I went and learned. And uh, I've done pretty well in cryptos. And we're, we're going to do really, Theta's going to be, Theta's going to be big. Yeah. You know, um, it's scary for a lot of people. I, I think about the people over a certain age getting into Bitcoin, the crypto, the, the whole bit, and how foreign the interface is, how foreign the uh, well, everything the, is. I consider the, myself fairly astute, and I want to tell you, I, I hired a Sherpa to help me navigate yeah. inside because it's so easy to not know what you're doing. Unless you it's, really learn it. Yeah. It's not just cryptos. It's the whole infrastructure. It's the, right, exactly. Society. Exactly. You're, you're going to have a digital ID. You're only going to be allowed to pay for things with your phone. They're phasing cash out now. The, there are people our age that are, well, I'm never going to give up cash. But young people have no problem. Give, they don't use cash. They're yeah. the young. I mean, this has been going on for years are, all over the world, right? They've been doing yeah. this slowly. But China, surely. they don't use it. Yeah. Daz Smith says he hasn't used cash since before COVID. Not not I, one pound. I have a question to you, uh, uh, and I, I don't know if you're okay to answer it, but I'm going to ask you anyway. Do you ever have a concern that you will be taken advantage of in the times to come when you have to have a digital ID and you report something on your private membership, and even though it's private, it's not private, okay? I mean, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying. It is to the people who are paying for it, but anybody can go in there and say, you know, what is Dick doing with the team? And, oh, he's talking about someone. Tell him to shut up or we're turning off his digital ID. What's going to happen with you in the future? Do you ever concern safe. yourself about it? Honestly. I just spent, we just found out, we we have a uh, an LLC in a state that is not Hawaii because the taxation is Hawaii is just outrageous. So we have an LLC. There are new regulations coming. But they're not out yet, by the way. They're not out yet physically on the – they're not out yet. I've called and called, by but the way, about that. But it's coming. Coming. It's yeah, it's coming, coming. Where you're not going to be allowed to have a secret LLC in another you, – you're going to have to be compliant. We found that there are companies – A secret or, or – wait, wait, wait. Do you mean – I want to go back just one second just for the public. I would imagine your LLC was about being in a, a, a more optimal tax location. That's why people go to Wyoming or Delaware or Texas or Florida, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Okay. Also, maybe I didn't want them uh, getting into my private business with my Understood. name being associated with it. Understood. Understood. Okay. okay. So in the past, you could hire a, uh, what they call a registered agent. A registered agent, right. You have a registered agent and you, they, they make the LLC for you and they have a mailing address like 212 Front Street, fake lane, you know, zip code 10213. 
whatever, and they'll they'll do your mail for you and forward it to you. That's not allowed anymore. You can't do banking with that. We had a situation where we couldn't pay our bills. I I have a uh, future forecasting. We put up so much 4K videos just to host the video. It costs me a lot of money. Uh, the Zoom accounts. There yes, are, I know. There are overhead things. We found we couldn't pay that through that company. So what we had to do was come out into the open where in that state, we have to rent a real office, have an employee on a payroll and pay payroll taxes and have a residence. All that's required. There, there are, there are people in other countries that are doing tax-free things as LLCs in the U S and they're, they're going to, we contacted an attorney who represents like 5,000 clients and the attorney just went, Oh my God, we're screwed. We decided yeah. that we would become totally compliant. So yeah. I'm not about, uh, as for, um, are you closing these companies? Is that was, is that what being compliant is, or you're going to have to hire people and wherever jurisdictions you have, or it's none of our business, but I'm just saying to you, it's something like that is going to have to happen, or you're just operating out of Hawaii. Well, I, part of my thing is in Hawaii. Yeah. I, yeah, I have, yeah. I have, but it's, I, <laughs> I never did any of that. When I married Mimi in 1992, yeah. Yeah, I, I couldn't even balance my checkbook. She, she, she married Let's me. Let's hear it for Mimi. <laughs> she said, Yobo, which is honey in Korean. She says, Yobo, give me your check. And I said, pardon me? She says, give me your paycheck. And I said, uh, I don't, why? And she said, well, it's a Korean custom that the woman handles all the finances. So I'll handle the finances and I'll give you an allowance. And I said, that's not an American custom. And she said, <laughs> do you want to fight already? And I said, no. She said, give me your paycheck. So I gave her my paycheck and I handed all the finances over to her with some trepidation. It was the best thing I ever did. I, I don't use an ATM. I never balanced a bank account. I never paid any bills. And so suddenly I'm thrust into running future forecasting and making it compliant. I had to, there was quite a learning curve for me, but we're totally compliant. We are totally, I, I am in a position where I can't have anything that could come back and bite me. By the way, me neither. I'm with you on that. And that's why I made all these calls. Uh, yeah. And more so, to come and more to come. So, okay. In a bigger, that's, that's, a, yeah. that's on the business regulation side. Yeah. I think what you were going to was more, um, is there forbidden knowledge that I would think better of giving? Yes, there is. There is knowledge that we can only give in a private setting. Yeah. Um, I could, I could blow up YouTube. I could go on and do 10 segments on YouTube that would get me so viral, but it would be the last videos I ever did. Exactly. Exactly. So why would I want to do that? Yeah. And there is, um, I mean, I are you concerned to, about to, you in the future, you and Mimi, your well-being and your ability to continue 
your sustainability. Sorry to use that word, but it's overused a lot. Okay. But do you have a, some well, worry? Because obviously you are being watched. No kidding. You are being watched. All of the major yeah, remote viewers any. are watched. No, not that you're, what I'm saying is I don't mean it from a point of view of hiding. I just mean, you know, you get into some unusual areas to be able to go in and know what's happened, like with a Google and where well, things are going. It's a big well, deal. One of, the, one of the reasons we have future forecasting groups set up is to protect the viewers, is to allow us to work targets in a in a safe environment so yeah we don't just get targets off the internet we don't just get targets that somebody says hey remote view this because it usually turns out to be my cat's missing my wife lost of course you need someone who's doing mindful it? stuff yeah okay and we have someone protecting us so um we were offered a lot of money to do a target about somebody this was I, I see i don't know i don't select the targets i'm kept in the dark it's got to be the viewers have to be blind so we have an infrastructure we have an organization with that selects targets for us and so i was told about a year ago over a year ago like we just had an offer for a really big target they were going to pay us a lot a lot of money and i said let's do it and we talked to an advisor don't do that one. You're not going to touch that one. You don't want to anger the people you would anger by doing this one and get the attention. It's not worth the money. Don't do it. So we do self-censor a little bit. Yeah, there yeah are, you there have to stay alive. When we've gotten yeah. data in a remote viewing session, I've had um, data that was redacted. Now, to admit that to the subscribers, they hate that and we don't we don't say that like well and then i saw this but we can't show you like you can't charge people to see your product and then keep them in the dark so um we i did something on uh i just said i wasn't gonna do this and then i'll do it uh I'm such a newsman. I love telling juicy stuff i you know, know you do i love it you remind the, me of my family the, you love it well, I'm from me, L.A., so we love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, the, the value of information for me was being the first to tell it. Like I would go as a newsman, get information, and then rush to tell everybody. It, it didn't do any good to hold it. But I'm working with people who were spies, and the value of information for them was to know it and not let anyone else know it. Yeah. So I did this uh, coronation, the secret coronation of King Charles. And I did a, I did a uh, ERV. I was, I actually videotaped it, where I was laying down in a little EMF tent, and I went to the. This energy came through me. I it was like The Exorcist. It was. I started jerking. And I started whoa whoa, and I was like ah, and I ripped this mask off, and I looked at the camera. And went, oh, that was too powerful, and we didn't. We didn't show that. It was deemed uh, not necessary for the future of the future forecasting group. <laughs> when kings are given power, they're literally given power. There is a physical manifestation and energetic field that is um, 
put into them. The, the world is really far more bizarre than you understand. Uh, royalty, oh, I, uh... they're not just figureheads. It's not just an anachronism like, oh, like the monarchs are just like the king is just uh, such a quaint little throwback. They don't really have any power. They really you have huge have power. That's why they have yeah. millions of acres of land. Come on. Oh, my God. Yes. Yes. They, millions. Uh, it's called a loyal title. So a loyal title. Land. And if, and there's the, there's the secret that people don't want to accept. People that are the patriots that, like, we're going to take the world back or, you know, take it for the bad guys. It's like the United States, we don't own it. Somebody else owns it. We're a business. For we're a long time. As a, as a corporation. And out of Puerto Rico, <laughs> people will dismiss that and go, well, that's a conspiracy. That's a, OK. All they got to do is look. It's all there. It's all there. It's it painful, but it's the there. Open. It is all. Yeah, out in the it really is. If you if you look, if you care to look and see it. So and so, Dick, Dick, how long do you want to live? How long? How long would you like to be part of the ride? Continue the ride. My dad lived to be 95. I. I don't want to brag, but there's a commercial. Come on, on bring TV. it. There's a there's a woman Popeye. on TV, and she's doing a financial thing like invest with this. And she's going, "How long will I live? What if I outlive my money? I've got my four hundred one k. I am on the verge of uh, having more money than I ever dreamed possible. So I want to." I want to enjoy that. I want to do some good with it. And so, and I want to see the transition. So I, yeah, I'd like to go another 20 years. I'm 70 this year. I don't know if we're going to survive the, there are going to be some really big changes coming starting yeah. in 94, 95, really big. 95, 2000 and <laughs> Just keeping everybody up to date what here. <laughs> the heck is going on with me? Today? I think you're. I, am, I think you're. I think you're um, bilocating on me. Here we go. <laughs> yeah, I was talking back to Mary and Mimi in 1991, 92. So it's coming change. Well, I, I think this. Come on, give some up here. We come here to this existence with a purpose and yes. something we have to accomplish, and when it's our time. Mimi and I were down in Belize during COVID and we, everything was locked down. We thought the world was going to end. And Mimi just turned to me and said, if it's our time, it's our time. There's nothing we can do. You know, you can try to be the safest person in the world and a lightning bolt can hit you. There's people that are driving down the road drunk 95 miles an hour. And texting. And their car and they they walk away. They have a horrific accident and they just walk out of the crash because it's not their time. So, I mean, don't be silly, but yeah, I think. Can you share a little bit with the public that's on the outside, the other side of the future forecasting group has not, is not a member at this point. Can you share some of what you can share without giving away what you don't want to give away until they're members? About 2024, is there something that you can share outside of regulations that would be maybe relevant, that would be important for them to, to, to delve deeper 
dive deeper into. Nation states as a means of organizing and administrating the world are becoming obsolete. They're being deconstructed and they're being deconstructed right in front of our eyes. You're seeing the influx, the migration that's being allowed. They're not going to close the, the borders open. They're, they're flying. How do all these people get from sub-Saharan Africa to Mexico to come across the border? How do they fly across the ocean? Someone's flying them. They're, they're, they're going to erase the borders. We're going to have natural, more and more natural catastrophes, fires, earthquakes, tsunamis, that type of thing. Um, the financial system, it doesn't take a genius to look at that and just do the math. We had $33 trillion Brilliant. in debt in, in September, and now it's 34. So we're putting a trillion every three months. That's not sustainable. So we're going to a new digital ID, blockchain, uh, total different administration. And technology is going to increase exponentially. If, if you heard the story of, is it the, the 42nd fold? If you take a piece of paper, like it's how many microns thick and you, you fold it over. It's not very thick, right? Then you fold it again. This is, this is, I'm illustrating the exponential rate of technology. By the time you fold that 42 times, it would stretch to the moon. And you can look that up, like fold a paper 42 times. Does that have to do with Moore's law? Yes. Okay. But it's exponential. We are going to see blockchain, artificial intelligence, theta coming, you know, People will look back at like how we look at an old grainy uh, still photograph or video from the 20s, that jerky black and white film. They will see high def TV as like so archaic like that when they're looking at three-dimensional interactive video on Theta that's by way of some brain implant or so. I mean... I, we're, I want to make a, a suggestion in technology that you can't fathom or mind blowing. I want to make a suggestion and, and maybe uh, your membership may be interested in this is to go back, not knowing when you're being tasked and revisit Theta three years later. Because you yeah. and Hitomi and the team I did think Theta. I think it was did, 2020. Did yeah, you? Yeah. I didn't see a recent. Um, can't remember. But that was one. Now, remote viewing. Cryptocurrencies is really difficult. Daz and oh, I, I can't even imagine you, how you're doing that. That's like from another world. Because it doesn't exist. It's like you can't see a, a blockchain is. It's like it's an internal universe. Right. Zeros and ones that exist on computers all around the world. So what we finally figured out was that you can remote view the people that created it. What is their intent? What, who are they? Where are they? What do they think? The people that are invested in it, how are they going to feel? What's their sentiment going to be a year from now, two years from now? You can remote view the headquarters. You can remote view the function. Like in Theta, I saw interactive video. If it's energy web token, you would 
assume you'd see power lines or mm-hmm. that that type of thing. Um, so we we try to find physical things that can be remote viewed that are associated with the token. And then I I came up with a way is like, I think I can see the chart for just a minute. I can see kind of this jagged line, like, okay, it's going up. And we've had some success with that, not all the time. So the point I was making with Theta was some of these tokens, we've done a couple, we've done some that we didn't get good data. It was like totally off. We're not getting anything. Turns out that token doesn't exist three years later. So that's why we we didn't get, but Theta, we locked on. We all, we all had a good feeling about that. We were all like, yeah, this is going to be big. Well, you have a lot of corroboration. Uh, evidence for this too in terms of the infrastructure they're the biggest players in the world in this infrastructure oh yeah that's pretty serious when i learned about blockchain my my mentor that was getting me into this he he would do i haven't done this in a while but we'd take something like xrp ripple like you go to their website and it it will say um Who's the foundation? What's the Ripple Foundation? Who's on it? And you look at all those people and then you Google their name and see who they're associated with. It's like, oh, they're on the board of directors of, you know, Microsoft or they're on the board of directors. XRP is huge too. XRP XRP is all over the place. Oh my God, that Ripple dude. XRP goes back to the Fugger family. Fugger family, they're European bankers that go back to the time of the de Medici family. They're like oh my black God. Italian nobility. Black nobility, well, yeah. You think they know what's coming? Of course they do. They've been of course they the do. financial system for it. So uh Ripple XRP, has been making deals with every country all over the world. I've never seen anything so moving so fast in my life. Yeah. Yeah. So People might not like it. Well, it's the banker's coin and it's the old, but yeah, that's why I'm putting some money in. It doesn't matter whether I put a couple thousand dollars into Ripple is not going to affect whether they live or die, but if it can make me comfortable, but don't give your moral support to them. Well, okay. People don't understand. There's all kinds of, it's, it's complicated. It's complicated. I mean, yeah. It's it's complicated, but they are all over the place. I've been watching this unfold. So that's one of the things we look at behind the scenes when we we don't give financial advice, but we do look at tokens that we're buying and why we're we're buying them. Because if if it's so heavily connected to BlackRock and old nobility and you know existing corporations and governments and high power structure then it's been designed for a purpose. That for the no- big stuff. Ripple made a deal with the International Monetary Fund. Come on. I mean. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So and there more. you go. So yeah, there you go. I think 24 is going to be a big year for cryptos. Don't you? I, plus. I do. And, they, you know, Bitcoin just got, I guess, the accounting matter sorted out. Did you know the accounting side was Michael Saylor and a, a few others? I think uh, Bitcoin Swan was ta- uh, somebody on it was talking yeah. about how the accounting side is now. Everybody was waiting for the accounting portion to come in, and it's now in. It's now come in. Well, the ETF is going to be approved, so it's it's going to be a big year. But 
certainly everyone who listens to your segments knows something's wrong that something big is coming they can feel something i think there's a lot of big things in 2024 right yeah even i i i talk to people because i'm pretty well known for being on newscast so i have a, a wide you know swath of people i interact with but even normal people are realizing something big you know something's not right something's something's stirring they can feel it the herd is spooked like we're a herd of deer like Tails are going up and their ears are going, what, what's coming? Are you worried about the potential selection coming up in 2024? It looks to me like they're pushing us into civil war. I think that they want a civil looks war. Looks like it, doesn't it? It does. It's well, sad. they're invoking a uh, constitutional uh, clause that was used in the civil war. Well, but you, this is misused in the modern times though. Totally misused. Yes. Yes. I'm going to bring uh, back Edwin Vera. I asked Edwin Vera. I did a two hour special with him on the constitution in 2020 and it was completely suppressed. It's called calling in the constitution. You should all listen to it. Who was it? I Uh, used to, that used to interact with him. Uh, DV kid. I haven't heard from her in a while. I think she, I think she got cancer. Oh, I but think, I used to hear her on Jeff Prince, and she was always talking about Edwin Vera. And I've heard Dr. Him Edwin Vera is one of the greatest minds in the realm. It, not only, not only does he know the full scope and breadth and details of the entire Constitution, Bill of Rights, and he brings the Constitution as an initiation into your existence, like you're there, as if you're with the founders. Yeah. It's that amazing. What, is a, that what an incredible document. Well, what does he say about what they're doing to Trump? Okay, I just emailed him the other day. He's waiting to see what one particular group does, and he's going to come. He's going to come on. Oh, I want to hear that. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he is. Uh, he's a brilliant man. He he's remarkable. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you in case you're interested in that. It was a few years ago, but it was remarkable. What he his ability to articulate the keys to this mm-hmm. are unfathomable. He even had a remedy for the Trump White House, even if it was a Democratic White House. He had a remedy, a constitutional remedy, to usher into the White House so that the country would not go to, into civil war and that the election could be not just audited, but forensically audited and completing that audit and exactly what needed to happen. And it never got to be implemented. But will that be allowed sad. to happen? I mean, we... Well, that's a, that's a different story, but it was... It was a marvelous, incredible thing. See, Trump needs more people like him around. I uh, don't think I didn't try to get Trump to interface with Dr. I think, Vera. I think I he's did. Reali- I think Trump is realizing that now, that he had... a. a some traitors in the inner camp his first time around. So yeah, right. I, I mean, then with the sad in, part, I, it was, I think know, he's going to kick ass if he comes in. He's going to kick think. ass if, if he stays if guided, if he stays. Yeah, that's a good point. That's, I hope his security is good. I don't see. I any, hope his, I, I hope if he, if he gets in or whatever, that he does have constitutional guidance. Seriously. Yeah. He needs someone like Vieira. Edwin Vera is the man. They've created this dichotomy 
There's you, the civilian over here, and then there's this governmental establishment. And if you say anything against the governmental establishment, you are some kind of seditious individual, insurrectionary, or whatever it is, anti-government person. When they don't seem to realize that the real government of this country is not them, it's you. And they have besotted you with propaganda to prevent you from understanding this. It was a divine pleasure to be with you. Oh, my God. So much. We went all over the place. Oh, yeah. We were going through. It was wild. Are, are we ADD? <laughs> are we, we ADD? Are. Well, there's just. Uh, we so, are. We're so brimming with good information and uh, interaction. It was really enjoyable. We'll do it again sometime. I and would I've love to do it. And I have many you. more questions. I'm going to get you in touch with Lynn. First of all, let me just say something to the audience. Hold on one second. Ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to uh, invite you to uh, share this with your friends and your associates. Share it widely. Uh, you need to know about the Future Forecasting Group and Dick Algeyer and the work that the team is doing and why it's important to you. Uh, I think we're going to really need to rely on what you can make available to us and also Lynn Buchanan and his team in the coming yeah. times. It's going to be a, it's gonna be a uh, challenging time. It's been a great pleasure talking with you. We'll do it great again. Great pleasure talking I, with I you. I had a wonderful. Did we just do two and a half hours? It seems we did. Feels like Look what you did. Minutes. I could do another ten days with you. <laughs> well, we'll do it again. Yes, I have many, many, many more questions, but we covered so much ground. It was fabulous. What a delight. What a Thank great you Christmas so much. and Hanukkah gift. Have a great 2024. Have a wonderful new year and uh, stay safe, everybody. And aloha from Hawaii. I will now go play guitar. Aloha. God bless you. Thank you so much. It's rainmaking time. Come to itsrainmakingtime.ch and you go to futureforecastinggroup.com. Um, yeah, there's com. a seven-day free trial, too, so you can just sign up and look at some of our stuff. And if it's not for you, you don't get charged. Dick, I, I, to, to, to finish this, I would like to hear from you. It's rainmaking time. It's rainmaking time. It's rainmaking time. It, Let's do this. It is rainmaking time. It is rainmaking time to all of you. God bless you. Thanks again. 